Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you're in. We just want to say from the International Global Watch call, welcome everyone. This is boot camp day one of five. This week, each day will be another uh, day. We'll do today, tomorrow, then the next five days in a row. The reason why we're doing this is just a way for everyone to understand what the watch is, what we're doing, who you are as watchmen, and to bring everybody together and give an opportunity for some questions. So we thank you for your participation. We're doing things a little bit differently than we do for the regular international calls. Some of the things we've not done before. So we're asking for your patience technically as we uh, go forward. So Susan, do you want to say something and then we'll have an opening prayer and then go into uh, just a worship song? Yes, let's open up in prayer. Amy, would you mind opening us up in prayer tonight? Father, we just want to um, praise you so much for who you are, that because of who you are, we're able to even come together, to even uh, enjoy your presence, that it's in enjoying your presence that you weld us together, you mold us together, not only as a group of watchmen uh, who see with your eye, who hear with your ears, but also coming together and as an army of not just intercessors, but actively seeing what you're doing and speaking into that. So encourage us tonight, help us to have wisdom, discernment, help us to be sensitive to each other and help us to learn to uh, hear your words and to draw together as you are building community. It is so important that we build this community, Lord, because we need each other so desperately. And so we thank you for what you're going to do tonight and just pray the power of your Holy Spirit to fill this airway, fill these rooms, fill every part of what's going on here. We just uh, pray your protection over the airways, all of the electronics, plus Chanel as she organizes things. And we just thank you so much for who you are and for the blood of Jesus in your name. Amen. All right. So this is going to be just explaining about the vision and mission of a global watch. And, and just to talk for a minute about the concept of the intercessor versus the watchman. And so I'm just going to start with the vision and we, and the, the basic issue here is that we're definitely in the end times and not only are we in the end times but we seem to be in a period of acceleration i think you would all agree towards the return of jesus and we are believing that god is raising up watchmen in communities of prayer in this hour specifically because we're in the end times and to do what what would be the function of watchmen what's the purpose of this i think there's three things there there may be more but We've identified three, one of them to empower the church to advance into the final frontiers of the world where people are unreached. And the second thing is to prepare the church to walk in its fullness as the bride who is ready for the return of the bridegroom, Jesus. The third thing 
is to contend for the destiny of nations with a special focus on the destiny of Israel. So those are this is the, the vision for the watch. This is what we're we are about. This is where we're headed. The uh, mission of the watch is this, that there's three distinct calls of the watchman. And we're going to talk about these three in detail this week. We're going to spend a day on each one. The three calls are the individual call, the corporate call, and the end time call. And there are key verses for each call. So I'm just going to read the verses because it's important that we get this into our spirits because this is all biblical. So the first one for the individual call is Habakkuk 2.1, which says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. The two key verses for the corporate call are first Nehemiah 4, 4 verses 19 and 20. The work is great and extensive and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. The second one is Isaiah 58, 12. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. For the end time call, there are also two key verses, and they are, first one is Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. I've set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Second one is Isaiah 52, 8. Your watchmen shall lift up their voices. With their voices, they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. So thank you, Lord. We're just going to go on to the concept of the intercessor versus the watchman. And again, this is something that is developing. We're trying to get a distinct characteristics of the watchman. But let's just talk about the intercessory function first. Intercessory function involves standing in the gap for a situation or a person between what is and what should be. An example of this would be praying for someone's healing or someone's salvation. It's not necessarily territorial, and it's something that every believer is called to do, no matter where we are and no matter who we are. On the other hand, there are some certain characteristics that are distinct for watchmen. Number one, watchmen have a territory or a domain that they are standing watch over. And this is a sense of both a calling and a responsibility to watch over the territory that God's assigned to them. Second thing is that watchmen are constantly interacting with the Lord to hear clearly from him, and they are interacting as well with other watchmen over that same territory to hear what the Lord's saying to them. <clears throat> and from this, then, the watchmen are corporately to declare his purposes on the earth in their territory. It's a specific version of Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which is a declaration. When watchmen know that they've heard from the Lord in a certain matter, their prayer often is in the form of a declaration. So that's point two. Point three, in terms of characteristics of a watchman, is this. The role of a watchman is relentless. Watchmen do not give up. They don't quit. They keep praying in until they see God's purposes are established. A watchman never leaves his post. 
That's part of the calling of a watchman. So watchmen are spoken of in several places in the Bible, and it's clear that they have a key role in the kingdom and in the church. As we mentioned above, everyone, every Christian, every believer is called to pray. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations in Mark eleven seventeen. But watchmen have a special role in prayer and in the kingdom, and we believe that it's a distinct calling. So that's just a brief overview of the vision and the mission for the Global Watch. Susan, do you want to take over and talk about the prophetic and the biblical foundations of the watch? Uh, sure. Well, we are in an incredible time right now with many of the end time scenarios are starting to come into the horizon here. And it seems like the templates of heaven are beginning to shift into a narrative that God is calling forth watchmen for this hour. Well, why? Why is that? Many leaders in the prayer movement are saying it's the time for the watchmen. And so we've been a little bit on the forerunning end of that and trying to figure it out for the last 20 years. And this is a time where we're going to share our, not only the biblical history, but share with you from our hearts about what we've seen God do over the years as we've pursued this call. So I'd like to start from the fact that one of the key focuses of watchmen in the Bible is to watch over covenant issues. When God created us in Genesis 2.15, he said to tend and keep the garden. Well, that word keep means to watch. And if you look at that word throughout scriptures, it is associated with covenant. For instance, Genesis 17.9, and God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep Samar, my covenant, you and your de descendants after you throughout their generations. So there's an association with God's plans and purposes when he raises up watchmen to walk covenant issues. Watchmen were at the city gates when uh, at the uprising of Absalom. He was right beside David. And what were the shepherds doing when Jesus was born? They were watching their fields by night, weren't they? And even this week, as we um, celebrate Passover, many times during that week, Jesus talked to his disciples, watch for you know not the hour I come. And the last exhortation, I call it the last exhortation to mankind, was Jesus in the garden exhorting his disciples, what could you not watch with me one hour? So it's an important concept where there's an intentionality, there's a gaze that's wider than intercessor that's petitioning God over an issue. Yes, we are all intercessors, but the watchman takes on a broader view of things that not only are temporal, but how does it look into the future and how the greater, greater plan of God is working out. <clears throat> not that we can always know, but there's always that intentionality of a, of a bigger view. What's, what's the bigger picture coming in what do we see on the horizon? So there's watchmen are key when covenant issues that are at stake. And I'm going to tell you right now that the covenant issues are becoming a critical battleground everywhere globally. It, it, it is a fight. And we're seeing that in the USA with the past elections. We're seeing some foundational issues being crumbled and really shaken by the enemy. 
And God is doing that everywhere. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Why? Because there's covenant issues that God wants to firm up, to strengthen. And the role of the watchman is for us to be there, to contend for that covenant, to be strong in the face of the headwinds and the pushbacks. So this is the season for the watchman because that covenant battleground is really everywhere where you look. It's from our marriages, families, abortion. All of these things are covenant issues in the Bible where God has made a binding agreement with us for our health and for our welfare and for our well-being. If the enemy can take away our identity, he can take away our destiny. And that's exactly what the enemy is after in our nations for our individual lives, corporate lives, and states and nations. So this is the battleground for the watchman. And there's a parallel picture in the scriptures that I'd like to draw your attention to. It's in 2 Kings 11. The parallel scripture is in 2 Chronicles 21-22. And basically, I, I look at the, I'm beginning to look at this passage as a critical turning point in uh, the Bible. And I'll explain it here in just a few minutes. But it's a story of Athaliah. Athaliah was uh, a queen over Israel for about six years. But you have to look around the story of Athaliah to figure out what all is going on here. And I've got a little slide here that I want to just show you because one picture is worth a thousand words, right, guys? Here you go. This is the picture where we have the line of David coming down here. And we have Jehoshaphat, who was an amazing transformational king of Israel, who had a son, Jehoram. But somehow he got hooked up with a daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, Athaliah. Whoops. A covenant issue becomes uh, important here. Why is that important? Well, I can tell you why. Because Guess what? Jehoram, when he was established over the kingdom of his father, 2 Chronicles 21.4 says that he killed all of his brothers with a sword and also others, uh, princes of Israel. Further on in that chapter, it says that the Philistines, the Arabians, and the Ethiopians came in to Judah, and they took the possessions, the sons and his wives, so that there was not a son left to him except Ahaziah. Jehoram died shortly thereafter, and Ahaziah came to rule. He ruled only for one year, and his mother, Athaliah, came to rule over Israel for six years. Second Kings 11.1 1 says she arose and killed all the royal heirs. Listen up, guys. The Bible doesn't say that, but... I believe that what happened here was that the last seed of David was saved. How? Well, during that time, the priests Jehoiada and Jehoshaphat set up the watch over Israel. You can read it in 2 Kings 11.1. 1. And they set up key gatekeepers at the gates and the watches. They set up the watch at these key gates. And when the time came, they were able to present the true king of Israel, Joash. And he was six, seven years old when he came to rule and reign. They hid him in the temple all during this murderous years. But I can tell you, reading through the lines, 
Guess what the watch did? It saved the last seed of David unto Jesus. That's the importance of this chapter. And it's also, it goes on to say that Joash was, did well as a king as long as Jehoiada, the priest, was by his side. The watchman was by the side of those who governed. And so there's a huge lesson of uh, uh, a, a picture of a parallel thing in this chapter that I believe is happening throughout the earth. We're having covenant shakings all over the earth while God is raising up us, the watchmen, to watch over this covenant that it may not be destroyed. And that's the time that we are in. Why? Because there's a preparation in place for the return of the king. And this is a preparation, a bridal preparation. And the, this watch, we are really committed to raising up watchmen that understand the calling of God right now that we're working on and we're going to be developing an end time view so that we can see what the landscape is like. But listen, this is not about climbing up the tree of knowledge and good and evil. People can really get there really fast with end time studies. What we want to see is an understanding of the bridal paradigm of the love for Jesus. I can tell you after being in the end time study with IHOP and studying it with Joel Richardson and a few others that it's, it's actually poured out a passion in me for the times that we live in. And that's what we want to see, the love for Jesus to grow in us as we begin to understand what the Bible says and how we can prepare ourselves to be strong and of good courage in times when it's going to be pretty shaky out there. So I wanted to take just a moment to share with you the prophetic history behind the war. It's important to, like the Israelites did in Passover, to remember what God has done for them. And uh, tonight we wanted to share a little bit with you the history behind this so that you can understand the foundations. It's important to understand prophetic foundations of any ministry because when God speaks and we respond, he responds to us and he, he, he promises that signs will follow those who believe. And I hope that this encourages us tonight and gives you food to think about and pray about as you step forward into your watches in your regions and cities and nations. So our journey really began in 1998 when we had just moved to Bakersfield, California, and Peter Wagner called us and asked if we would do a call to prayer for California because there was some concern with prophetic words that were coming out towards California. And we didn't know anything except to say, well, sure, we would we'd love to do that. And we did. And it, uh, Chuck Pierce was the speaker at that gathering. He's a very catalytic, prophetic voice. And he came out with a prophetic word towards establishing a watch in California. Well, uh, the spirit poured out on that meeting like I have never witnessed it again since. And the, the call to watch really penetrated our hearts at that meeting. But unfortunately, the prayer movement really wasn't mature enough to handle it. And so we, we pulled back from, the, from all of that. But the Lord just said, you established my word. And so we have been holding a watch in various forms and uh, ways in our region ever since. 
But later in October of 2000, I was really before the Lord as I had come under a lot of warfare and, and my health was being, you know, toyed with. And so I was just taking hold of the horns of the altar and saying, God, what, what is going on? Well, what happened is that the Lord took me into an open vision. And what it happened was he set me on the streets of New York and two towers exploded right in front of me. But out of the clear blue sky, a giant pair of hands came down. And when it opened up, it was Big Ben. And I heard the words, Athaliah at the gates. That's 2 Kings 11. And I, I, I pondered what all that meant. And of course, the watch was a, 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 a big thing in our hearts by then. And I thought, Big Ben is an icon of global time. Does the Lord want a global watch? Well, I pondered that word in my heart, really, for about 15 years. We worked the local expression of the watch weekly and were walking through the various stages of growing up in the Lord <laughs> and understanding his ways through the watch. And by 2014, we felt like what God spoke about the watch over California. Let's call some people together and see what we can do about for California, not just locally, but for the state itself. And so we had a, a group of people in our home in uh, that November of that year. And the next morning after they left, it was a Sunday morning, we went out on a prayer drive and what we saw in the sky was just this flame appeared right in front of us. And it was about 100 feet up in the sky and about 40 feet away from us. And it had nothing feeding it. There was absolutely nothing there. It was a flame in the sky. And the Bible became alive for us where a cloud by day and a fire by night. And here, 20 minutes later, is this flame. And it's traveling east. So my, our sense was, boy, God is really um, wanting to break this thing out. So we took the next step in California in July of 2015. Now, during those years, California went into the deepest, darkest drought on Earth. If you look at the drought maps, it was the darkest brown on Earth. We hadn't had rain for about seven years and any substantial rain. So we called uh, together a meeting, a uh, trumpet call West Coast, where we said, guys, we've got to get on our faces and repent for not really establishing what God had said through the prophets about the watch. And it was some, some of the people who were at that meeting are still with us today, but it was a very passionate time where we really got before the Lord. And just before, while we were planning the meeting, the Lord had spoken to my heart. And he said, you will hear from me by signs in the heavens that I have heard. And literally, the moment the meeting ended, and I was picking up things and bringing it out to the car. Sure enough, I looked up in the sky. The sky was changing, and I felt a raindrop on my cheek. And pretty soon, drenching rain fell not only on our city, but up and down California in the Mojave Desert, they had rain or hail, and they were calling us from up in Washington State. There was a massive thunderstorm that hit the entire West Coast. And people who knew that we were gathering to redo the watch or re reset the watch in place, 
called us from different parts of the nation. And pretty soon what birthed out was the USA Watch from this gathering of people, just a remnant of people on our faces. The Lord of hosts showed up and broke the, the drought. A few months later in August of 2015, we went to All Nations Christians College with a group of people concerned about global prayer. There's about 30 of us at that meeting. And this was the first time I really spoke out publicly about the Global Watch. But what happened was a God drop in the room and there was a sense of yes and amen to it. But it was also during that meeting that Big Ben ticked ahead seven seconds <laughs> and it was all over the news. So <laughs> talk about a sign and a wonder. You can't cook these things up. And during the process of going public with the watch, the Lord actually brought us back to the fact that our, our family is really connected to the outpouring in Herrenhut, Germany. Herrenhut means the Lord's watch. Our family actually hosted conferences in Dork when he was here in America. So we went back to investigate whether we could hold a meeting there in, in Herrenhut and on the 290-year anniversary of the outpouring. And here we go. We stepped out onto the streets of, of Herrenhut, Germany, and our host met us, but we looked up the street, and there was this diplomatic corps coming down the street. And it ended up being the president of Germany. Well, of course, we were very excited about that, so we followed them up to this, what's called God's Acre, where many of the missionaries that were sent out from uh, Herrenhut are buried. And here he is by a conference in Zendorf's grave. Well, the servicemen came over and said, would you like to meet the president? So we said, well, sure. And we were there and right by conference in Zendorf's tomb. And he welcomed us into Germany as soon as he found out what we were there for. So we then on the 290 year anniversary of the outpouring, we were invited into the community to hold this International Watchman Summit in August of 2017. Well, just before the uh, summit began, there was a loud crack in the heavens and lightning struck God's acre and the earth shook. And, and villagers there said they've never seen anything like it before. Well, having gone through the... the, the um, rain and the thunderstorms of, of the West Coast a few years ago, I thought, Lord of hosts, you are with us. Well, what happened that night was that half of the airports in Europe were shut down because of this massive thunderstorm that went in. But we were blessed within a couple of days to see this double rainbow come in over Herrenhut, Germany. And ever since we, <clears throat> we've continued to hold a international summits there in 2017 to 2019. Of course, last year we couldn't with the COVID situation. But in 2019, we were sitting, at just welcoming everybody into the, into the summit. And lo and behold, the sky was pretty blue. There's a few clouds. But as somebody noticed this rainbow in one of the clouds, well, the rainbow traveled down this entire cloud. You could just see it move down. God was really confirming his uh, call to the watch through these signs that followed 
And it's been just been a punctuation marker journey with the watch. So here are, the, here are the questions. The questions are this. Do you have a sense that God has given you or is giving you a call to stand watch over a certain territory or a domain? If so, what is it? And how do you know that it's from God? So those are the questions. And I just want to say this, that God gives his callings to multiple people in a territory. So saying that God has called you, it doesn't mean that you're the only one that he's called. But he, but if, but it's, it's, it comes, you know, it comes to your heart first. It's an individual call first. And you may not be totally clear whether you've been called to watch over a certain territory, but you may have some idea or some inkling from God. That's totally okay. The calling of a watchman is oftentimes a process and it develops over months to years. I mean, sometimes God can speak directly instantly and say, hey, I've called you to be a watchman over this area, over this nation. But uh, more often, it's something that develops over time and you have confirmations along the way. So we're just going to have a, a discussion about that process. And um, hopefully we'll have a chance for everybody to share. But let's have two or three uh, of the group leaders just share. If there was somebody in your group or something that uh, came up that you thought was particularly poignant or, or, or interesting, why don't you just open up and share? We'd love to do this for everybody. We're not going to have time to do that. So just unmute yourself if you're a group leader. Go ahead, Vic. One of the things we found, apart from it was lovely to meet people, was the, you can see a distinct progression in everybody's life as a calling, as a watchman. You can see it from being called to pray for your own city to your state or your nation, and then, you know, more globally. So that progression was visible in everybody's life. And that's lovely to see. God is in yeah. charge. Mm -hmm. oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Go ahead. Somebody else just uh, unmute yourself and, and tell us what happened in your group. Well, I just wanted to share. I thought it was interesting. In my group, three nurse, three people were from Uganda. And I, one of them was a nurse. And I, of course, I'm a nurse. But I used to pray at night with a nurse from Uganda who had immigrated to Nigeria. And we would listen to Ugandan Christian music because nobody could tell it was Christian. And we would worship the Lord. So I just, I'm, I'm so blessed by the connections God is establishing and just getting to meet individuals and them expressing their heart. I, I think that's so beneficial. Great. That's, that's awesome. And we're, and we're purposely trying to get it so that people are on the same, in the same group with the same leader all week so that people will get the chance to get to know each other a little bit better. Thanks so much, Amy, for sharing. A couple more people. We, we, you're being very brief, which is great. Let's have a couple more people. Well, sharing from the German, German part, it was quite really interesting. We were almost 20 people and it was amazing to hear from each other what really are the emphasis is, of course, praying for our country, but also then the little specific things to get to know each other way better. So thanks for this opportunity to share with each other. And sorry about my camera, it's dimming down the light, so <laughs> not on purpose. Sorry about that. <laughs> No, that's great, Cornelia. We, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's different technical issues. And despite that, we're moving forward. And thank you for leading for such a big group of 20 people. That's great. That's so awesome. All right, a couple more people. Let's hear from you. I would like to share that two people in my session, they, they said how important it was these, these sessions that we had in January, how God was already started to 
you know, to, to draw them closer. So, hallelujah. We can see that it's a path that started there and God knows where he will take us. So, yeah. thank you guys for having us in January already, these 21 days. It was very important. And I do think we're going to see an amazing, amazing fruits from that uh, season from January. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Roberta. All right. Let's have like two more people and then we'll be, we'll, we'll wrap yeah, it this up. Is, this is from room five. We, we didn't all share. We shared a few. And then after that, we prayed for those who shared. But uh -huh. what was was interesting was to hear how people's heart has been drawn to prayer, to intercession. There was one person who, who, who knew the call for praying since he was a, she was a child, and she has pursued that, which is a blessing. And then we had somebody who has been in ministry for thirty-two years, very passionate for revival. And I believe this is where we are all at uh, see, wanting to see revival happen. So that was encouraging too. Oh, that's great. Thanks so Amen. much, Margaret. Let's have one more person and then we'll, we'll be done. Well, we just, we had, I think we had about four people share because we, we didn't have, I mean, obviously with time. And, and then got to just encourage one another because people are in different places of, of their, you know, the years or the time they've been involved with the watch and prayer. But what was, what was amazing was this, the way that everybody was just encouraging one another. And, and I was just, I was just so struck by the fact that when you, when you just say yes to God, even if you're not exactly clear on what you're saying yes to, other than I know I want to be with these people, I have this, this heart to pray and I just want to be a part of it. And God just takes that and, and just makes it into just the most beautiful community of people so it was it was it was short and sweet but it was it was i feel like it was mutually encouraging i hope everyone else felt that way too oh that's so great thank you deborah thank you so much everybody and group leaders and for for sharing for being patient with our imperfections here susan rao would you like to give us some final comments and we'll wrap things up well, I think that this uh, boot camp is coming right at an appointed time for an, a set time in, in the kingdom. And as we look over the landscape of the nations, there are certain things that are coming into view that really, I, I just want to say we are on training ground for what's coming. And that this is the time to be strong and have good courage. And I, you know, tonight is a little bit evident of that, that the enemy does not <laughs> like this. And many of you have walked through some very deep waters in your life. And I just want to encourage you that that's training ground for what he's wanting to make us strong, to be of good courage, to be connected so that we can help one another up when we, uh, when we want to give up. <laughs> this is not the time to give up. And it's time to develop the team and to develop the sense of, camaraderie, the sense of purpose that we're going to need for the hours that are ahead. I know that some of you have heard that this, but our, our son is a, a Navy SEAL, and he's taught us some a lot of lessons about the training in the military, where it's about being the best team guy they can be. And this is, the enemy is working overtime to isolate. And, you know, that's true with the COVID-19 thing. But God is now, I think it's going to be, end up being his worst mistake because God is now using it to connect us like never before. Is that, our, is that, 
Isn't that not true? Amen. So tomorrow we're going to be talking about the individual call of the watchman. And each each day is going to build upon uh, each other. And by Friday, we're going to be having a, a wonderful message by Reuben Berger to, to wrap things up. Yes, we want you to know we, we love you all and we are so grateful for, for each one of you. This is very exciting for us to go forward and I think the week is going to be a great week. It's just going to build. One thing's going to build on another. Could we have Roberta, would you like to unmute yourself and just, just pray for us, pray a closing prayer over us and then we'll end. Yes, Father, Father, we thank you for this time, Father. Father, I pray that you continue to to, to download, Father, what you have in, in your heart, Father, your, your purpose, your plans for us as believers here, Father. In the name of Yeshua, Father, we thank you that uh, you complete the good work that we started in our lives, Father, as an uh, individual, as watchman, Father. We pray that in the name of Yeshua, Father. Amen. All God's people said amen. Everybody. I'm